Welcome in, youth workers. Welcome to the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Turner from thedisciplerproject.net, and I'm thinking about renaming this podcast to The Inconsistent Podcast, because it seems like that's what I've been, is a little bit inconsistent. Well, granted, it is summer. There's very few things that we do consistently during the summer, except maybe sweat. Uh, so, But for me, uh, we're back on track. Uh, for those that don't know, and this is your first time joining us, uh, I have wrapped up a 30-year career in youth ministry, and I spend my days uh, and nights uh, helping and coaching youth workers. Uh, just got back from Virginia Beach, where I was helping a church there and helping some youth workers there. They have a great, great youth program, great leaders, great youth pastors. Both of them are part-time, and they are crushing it uh, there at their church. They're doing a fantastic job. And... Uh, and so for me, I spend my days, like I said, days and nights uh, trying to connect with youth workers, trying to help solve problems, uh, help them try to get vision moving forward, all that kind of good stuff. So I want to welcome you into the podcast today if you're brand spanking new. If you're a regular, by the way, uh, I just want to let you know I am grateful and thankful for your eardrums being connected to this podcast. Uh, some of you gave me some great feedback on the last uh, podcast about how to get the job you want, and uh, we're going to follow up with that with a uh, show on negotiating salary, determining your value and worth as a youth pastor. And so we're going to try to get into that. I would like your opinions, though. I do have a Facebook group, if you're not aware of that. And that is, if you just search Facebook for Youth Ministry Motion Podcast, uh, I'm going to put a question up there about things about negotiating salary. And if you have questions about that, I would love your input. Uh, Also, who do you think might be best. Who would you like to see me interview about that? Who is out there in the youth ministry space or the ministry space that you think would be good, would be qualified to uh, offer advice on um, on negotiating your salary, whether it is your current salary or negotiated if you're going to be going into a new church or ministry where you can negotiate that salary, um, you know, because sometimes uh, and I think this is true of all organizations, not just the church, but how do we get the most uh, for the least uh, seems to be um, uh, the motto of many churches. Uh, what can we get away with? What can we get by with? And how can we uh, maximize our youth pastor's efforts while not dumping a ton of cash into them? Uh, and there's all kinds of reasons for that. I understand this. I really do understand both sides of the equation there. But I also don't like seeing youth pastors work for less Uh, and struggle and see their family struggle and all that kind of stuff. So go by the Facebook group and let me know your thoughts and opinions on uh, the thought of negotiating salary. And uh, who do you think in our space uh, you'd like to hear from about negotiating those salaries? So uh, other things that are going on, just so you're aware before we jump into today's um, uh, topic, which is launching youth ministry, uh, young adult ministry in your church. A couple of things you need to know. Uh, Masterpiece is my latest uh, five-week curriculum on getting kids back to the people God intended them to be, getting back to the masterpiece that he created and uh, and letting him create the new within them uh, in their relationship with God and, um, and getting back to that place where they quit devaluing themselves, getting back to the masterpiece where they are valuable, they, they see themselves as valuable. And uh, it is a great five-week series. I hope that you will go by and check it out. Link will be in the description below. So talking about today's uh, topic, which is young adult ministry, had a great question 
uh, from one of my YouTube uh, watchers, subscribers, and uh, she had mentioned about young adult ministry and, and how she found it kind of uh, precarious uh, to try to uh, you know, get this group going, uh, especially when they're fresh out of the out of the youth group and things like that. And I thought, man, this would be a great topic for us to talk about. So what I have done, uh, and I hope you don't mind, but I have taken the audio from what I did and answered her question on YouTube to kind of come to you guys and and bring it to you because I, I think the audio is is good quality. I think the content is there, and I think it's something that uh, that you guys will enjoy. Because I know many of you might be dealing with that very situation right now. What am I going to do with these young adults that just graduated? Now they've come around. They're hanging around. What am I going to do with them? <laughs> what? What? You know? Do I need to start my own thing for them? Do I need to let them stay in the youth ministry? Man, there's a lot of questions to that. Be sure, by the way, after this episode, go by the Facebook group and feel free to chime in on the topic if you have further questions, because I would love to answer those questions that maybe I don't get to uh, within uh, the audio here. So, all right, so we're going to jump into that today, and uh, appreciate you guys listening, so let's go and jump into it. But we are talking about college ministry and launching college ministry today, so I want to talk, uh, I want to give you the, Beth, by the way, if you're watching, uh, this is a question from Beth, who is a recent subscriber here, I want to thank you for subscribing, Beth. Uh, and I want to tackle her question. I did a little homework. I did a little thinking on my own because I have had these challenges before where you're trying to launch, you're trying to extract, maybe that's a better word, you're trying to extract a college career group from the rest of the youth group. And sometimes that's not easy in a, in a larger church because there's just, you have more um, uh, people to be able to do that with. But she says, and she has two good questions. One of them I'm going to address today and one I'm going to do next week. So you have had questions Please leave them down in the comments below because I do address them. Uh, if you send me a question on how to deal with an issue, how to, how to you know, the, an issue that you're working on or dealing with, I'm more than happy to do a little show and do a little live stuff so we can get some more ideas in, in the pot here uh, to be able to help other viewers, other youth pastors who are watching uh, say, okay, this is something I really... So she says, speaking of college, many of our college students are still participating in the youth group. We are a small group and have never really had a college presence, but most of our high school graduates are going to local colleges and still coming to church. I don't know how to smoothly transition out college students into a new ministry. I've had someone express that they would want to volunteer, but nothing really comes together yet. With me coming into the position quite suddenly, this is something I wasn't expecting. Well, most uh, things in youth ministry come unexpectedly. <laughs> most challenges, most things come unexpectedly. Uh, and maybe anything good, right, maybe comes unexpectedly. Uh, so I've kind of put it out there, and there are traditional views, right? There are the traditional views of college ministry where, and by the way, these are not bad. These are just because they're traditional doesn't mean they're bad. It just means that this is the way we, we do tend to look at it. Uh, because there's really only so many options you have, especially in a small church. When we're talking about extracting, I use that word extracting because in the youth groups I've served, um, you know, uh, well, I can't say all of them, uh, maybe one, one or two, probably two at least, where the college and career did not, we were a small enough group that that you had college kids in it that did not want to leave the group and uh, they wanted to hang around and hang in and tried to launch anything else. Maybe that, that was not a very, never a good thing. And part of the issue with that is here, and it's just some just philosophical stuff, is when the question is, at least in my mind, here's how I always thought about it, was the fact that, well, if a college student stays too long, I think they're 
they're, um, we're just um, uh, delaying, if you will, delaying growing up. And I don't know if I feel that way anymore because I understand that, look, the, 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 the human brain is not fully developed until you're like 26. And I know we're wanting to boot people out uh, at, you know, at, at 18 and you're going to go off and do. The problem is they don't fit or else, right? It's, you have to, you know, not go to the adult class. That's, you know, unless there's some circumstance with that. Uh, I have done some class um, and they're young and being young, uh, they want to be where the action is. And sometimes when you, if you have a small group and you only have three or four college students, all that energy that they were a part of in the youth ministry is gone. They're now having like a sudden, you know, psychic break where they're going, wait, there's no, where's their thing? Where's the game thing and the thing, that thing we did. And, and look, I understand. And I understand from the other side, you know, adults and otherwise you say, well, if you have college students in there, you know, that there's the issues of once they turn 18, they should be not mature yet. But the problem with that is it dealing with just church kids, maybe, and they all know each other. That's one thing. But what do you do with the with the college who up on a Wednesday night and they come in and hang out at your youth group? Because that's where the college kids are. You may know and trust these college students, but you don't know any just anybody who shows up, right? That that's the difficult thing when you're when you're dealing with that. Um and the traditional, back to what I was saying about the traditional things we do is number one is we make them leaders, right? We say, okay, now that you're graduating, uh, and I think it's fair to give options. It just depends how you feel about it. I need your comments, by the way. Right now, it'd be a great time to comment on your feelings of college ministry. Do you uh, uh, say, done, 18, you're gone, and we're going to create something for you. You either come to that or don't. Do you make them leaders? And say, okay, your choices, <clears throat> excuse me, are be a leader in the youth group, or you're just going to have fun, have fun something else to do. Which is so bizarre that if you've had a kid for six years or seven years, and then you're going to tell them that you're going to boot them out, should be some preparation time before that. In other words, you, if you're, you know, Beth is having it flung on the uh, on her to develop something, and I just think somehow we got to start that much earlier process that. Start thinking right now that if you don't have a college ministry, whoever you're, uh, you know, before you even have seniors, if, if that's possible, when there are sophomores or juniors, you're developing and talking about what would you like, what does post-youth group look like to you guys, and start having that conversation. Even if you do, you don't have a college ministry, now you start talking to your, your sophomores and juniors and what do you think post-youth ministry should look like? You know, because we don't want to have just, we don't want to just have youth group 2.0 for them, right? We want to have something where they are developing, where they are, are have something that's different, right? You know, youth group for six years is the time, uh, is the best time for a young person to experience church, right? Because they grow up, they go into, they hit that, that middle stage, and they go to the adult church, right? It's one church, right? But in their mind, age-wise, it's adult church, and they're not ready to adult yet. Uh, the uh, uh, church doesn't know what to do with them. They don't know how to react to them. You can let them stay. We just say, okay, so here's another idea. I What I have tried to do in the past with limited success, to be honest, uh, uh, because there's things I wanted them to know. I want, I want Having adult children of my own, okay? I have a, a young man, uh, my, my child number three, John. I'm taking him to college this week. 
And there's things I want him to know. I want him to know how to handle money. I want him to know practical things. And when you're not ready to vote yet, and you don't want it to be, you know, whatever, then you don't, there's certain things you don't want. You just want everything to be light and fluffy. And us, those of us that are older, want you to, we want you to grow up. We want you to go up there so that we don't have to be responsible for you all the time. That's just, you know, me, because I have three children. And they're, they're all grown now. Hallelujah. So we can let them stay. I broke them off. And like I said, I, with limited success, I, I keep them in for worship, right? We come in, we have worship, and, uh, and then we split off into our group. So that's a possibility for you, Beth. If you say, okay, is there somebody within the group that, listen, we're going to have some limited time together, Right. And we're going to worship together, we're do something together, and then the college career go that way, and high school and middle school that go that way, right? Or they go to a separate class or whatever goes on with that. It's no fun anyway. I mean, you have to really build relationship. You can't, this is something, uh, talk to your college and career. I know we as youth workers are planning in the lab here. We're planning on what to do with you, but the conversation has to begin with them. We have to talk to them and say, okay. What does college ministry look like? What does the next step look like for you guys? And let them participate in the, don't just say, we're making another thing for you. That's simply enabling them, right? We're, oh no, we'll make something for you. Don't leave. No, no, no. Participate. At some point, you have to be able to participate in your decision-making process and let them, you know, have them over, you know, if you're um, able to have have a cup night uh, at your house and just say, look, we're just going to go over some things. We're going to eat. We're going to talk together and we're, we're going to do great things. And what you have, and you have the discussion. You say, what, is, what does college ministry look like? Um, you know, and that's a possibility, right? You let them stay in the group, but then at a certain point, you let them divide out. Do that. Um, and then, of course, the third option I mentioned was, you know, it's a Wednesday night, which many of us deal with that um, you just send them to the adult service, which... Nine times out of ten, they are not going to attend. So that's that's you know at that point that's where you start losing them because churches are unwilling to budge on certain things. So I have tried to do I, my option has been either well it's all three. It's not it's, and I look it's not it's maybe it's all three right. Maybe it's make them leaders, let them stay and break out, and then sometimes maybe facilitate some sort of ministry in the adult service somehow. But their role is different. The role is not to sit there. Maybe the role is service-oriented, right? Where we say, listen, I need some of you or all of you or whatever to participate and do the offering for the adults or go upstairs and do this, whatever that may be, okay? Um, and so those are the things we're left with. It's a difficult, difficult thing. It just is, uh, Beth. And I wish I had like solid, do this, uh, you know, perfect answers here, but we all struggled through it and you're going to struggle through it, but you're, you're going to make it. I'm just letting you know, Beth, you're going to make it. It's okay if you mess it up, but be in relationship with these colleges. Let them know you love them. Let them know you care about them. And we're trying not youth group 2.0, but it's college ministry 1.0 of the thing. So I put it out there into the internet sphere uh, and I got an answer from um, uh, a Myrna Cheng uh, Mayola, and she has some really good things to say. Let me go offer a few ideas she has here. Uh, she says, and there's certain key words I want to pick up on. It's just, she says, have college and career worship where they learn to plan with church leaders and execute, coordinate as worship leaders. I think that's a great idea. See, 
the premise behind the Disciple Project way, college and middle school and high school can serve together. It's the part where we're educating them, right? We're trying to educate them at various levels. This does it. The fact is they can serve all some. They don't, you don't need age appropriate uh, material to serve. And so that's why I talk about this for three months out of your year, that if you're doing the disciple project, you don't have to worry about the curriculum part of it, because it's all uh, grouping stuff, right? Uh, which then, by the way, the Disciple Project, just with college students, just with college students, if you're looking for something for them to do, this could be it. This could, That could be your deal, right? Um, but I like what she's learn, plan with church leaders, and execute, coordinate as worship leaders. Now, worship leaders is not just singing, right? We know this, right? We think worship leaders, we think somebody who helps with singing, but all the worship, serving communion, taking offering, reading of scripture, she mentions, um, working on social, uh, working on uh, media, working on social media, that there's some sort of handoff in relation to the church where, where maybe it's not a, look, it's not entirely about education. It's not entirely about, well, you have to have a group for them. Well, let's move, let's begin to think and branch that out a little bit and say, okay, um, Maybe it's a time of service. Man, 18 to 24 is a great time to go and do, to do it on the move. In other words, why are we trying to create another meeting? We're trying to create another meeting. Why are we doing that? I understand they're important, but maybe Wednesday night is a time for service and not a time for sitting. Maybe it's a time where they get out and do and practice and learn, but what if they want to do that? Listen, you're not going to make everybody happy. When you do make this, whatever you pull the trigger on, you're not making everybody happy. Somebody's leaving. It's going to be an issue, Okay. And then you catch heat because you can't keep the group together. Well, the dynamics do not allow for that, okay? They just don't. That's why relationships are important. That's why you have to build and get to know these guys and just get to know them. Because if you know their heart and they know your heart, they are willing to commit to the relationship you have with them until these things begin to work, okay? Now, so what's happening there is if you can if you can build in with the church, the pastor, uh, your deacon board, who is who's willing to who's willing to be the liaison in the adult congregation? It says yes, we'll receive the college students to do ministry, and whether that's scripture reading, that they the adults may, if you pitch it right, may redo their whole service on a Wednesday to include college students to do more participatory things, or to do more service projects, or to do something that. Uh, that they are willing to do, at least for part of the time. You have, let's say you have an hour with them or 90 minutes. Well, 30 minutes of that time can be service and an hour and 30 minutes can be educational time. And the other 30 minutes is just hang and have coffee. But I like her point on that, about being worship leaders and being participants in that. I also like the fact she goes on and says, have youth-aged worship also where they learn to plan uh, and church-trained college worship leaders executing coordinate uh, things, rotate. I love this. She says, rotate guest pastors in for sermons. In other words, if they already have gifts, I don't know what, this is just me. This is the philosophy though behind this that at some point, it's not about what you believe, it's what you practice. And we're not giving our kids enough practice time. We're not giving them, we're saying, come to the meeting, be committed, learn stuff, and then go do it. I'm saying, come, do stuff, learn as you do it, and then go. I just think there's a process to this. I think we've messed it up. So um, 
you know, if somebody already has gifts and abilities, use them. If they have, if they can speak, why not let them offer a devotion on Wednesday night? Right, all the, the leader things that you want to do. Give up some of your jobs. Give up some of your roles and responsibilities. Give up, you know, once a month. Let, a, let the college students run it once a month, right? Let them go ahead and run the college. Uh, let them run the youth group for a month after you've trained them, after you've invested in them, all those things. They know this is something I, with our group, in fact, this last church I was at, a really, really good, we had, I'll say this, we had really good periods of college ministry. Like, like if we did eight weeks at my house, I'd have eight to ten, anywhere between eight to ten college students at some point, sometimes even more than that, where, where they would come over on a Friday night. They planned it. Friday night, we're going to come over, we're gonna eat together, and then we're going to have a little lesson time, or we're gonna, and then we're going to play games. So the lesson time was short. We had guys and girls who wanted to come over who just didn't have any plans on a Friday night. They were bored. And so we had some great, great, we didn't have great meetings, we had great times together. We had great times where we came together, uh, learned God's word together, played games together, hung out together. Uh, so maybe their Wednesday night is ministry, right? They're doing some sort of ministry, but then there's an off night, right? So whether that's every Friday night, twice a month, right? Where that's happening, uh, that's all... It's just scheduling. It's just figuring out, just sitting down with a pencil and a piece of paper and going, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's what this is going to look like. And don't plan it alone. Plan with your college student. Plan with your pastor. Let them know the, what's going on or whoever your supervisor is. Uh, let other people in on Maybe you have some people in your church who want to work with college-age students. That'd be a great idea. Who says you have to do it, right? Start being a talent scout and start looking for those adults who love young people, who want to see them thrive and flourish in the church, who want them to, excuse me, who want them to stick around. Me, I know I've done it, where, you, um, where you're sitting there banging your head against the wall and you've just got to include more people. Make a phone call. Call somebody and start bouncing off the ideas with, okay? Um, and I, those are some just some in here too. We have to, as uh, maybe, we need to offer as a church... We say we people ought to be dedicated, people ought to be committed. Well, sure, and and you know, they're for, everybody should get free coffee too every day whenever they want it. But that's not going to happen. The issue is why not? I think this is just me. I've pitched it in various places, and but I think there ought to be some sort of scholarship available for college students who hang around. And say, I'm going to serve in the local church. You can make them, by the way, pay them and make them interns. That's another way to do it. Um, you can do, but you can also say, listen, if you'll serve the church for the next X amount of, you know, through your high school years and you stick around, you know, maybe we're all going to offer you some college money to hang out and participate at, in this uh, internship program or in the school of ministry or uh, you know, starting something like that that says, look, if you'll give me, you know, uh, two years, the next two years from 18 to 20, uh, we'll develop a program for you to where not only are you going to be educated, uh, but you're going to get practical stuff. We're going to invite you to be part of meetings. We're going to let you, we're going to teach you things. And even though they're not interested in church work necessarily, Maybe it's a good opportunity for some mentorship and some other things like that, that if you'll be committed for the next two years, um, we can help offer you some scholarship money uh, during your time of internship here. And that's just, I'm not, and I know what you're saying, Paul, you're talking about buying them off. 
Uh, no, I, I'd rather call it incentive. There's some incentive for hanging around and investing. We're not <clears throat> just throwing money away. We're saying, look, if you're gonna invest time, talent into the church here as a young person, we believe in you. We wanna help you. Um, we wanna help you, you know, pay for your books, you know? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's about paying for books. And say, look, we'll we'll help you with the um, with the process of that, and uh, I just think there's better ways. I just think there's I think there are better ways to do this. I just don't think there's enough people talking about it. I don't think there's enough people agreeing upon what looks like, you know, youth pastors and youth workers are just at the behest of you know whatever request and whatever the church looks like. And I say, if your church is dying, I think you need to open up your open up your mind a little bit more because. You know, whatever way you've been in the past, that's not going to work going forward as you're seeing it happen. And I just think there's a better way. I just think there's a better way. And I think there's, as a youth workers and youth leaders, we have to be able to put it on the table and say, look, we have to have some other options. And it's not even that our young people, our college-age people don't like church. It's not that like our church is that they're at that time of life where they want to, some of them want bigness. Some of them want the excitement. Some of them want the excitement of a big church. But let me tell you what we can tap into. Those young people, 18 to 24, are looking for their mission. We want to educate them. They're looking for a mission. Do you see the problem? They're looking for a mission. Who am I? What can I do? We want to educate you, and you should just hang around and be committed. That's, they're not meeting. What if the church said, I want to help you fulfill your purpose, Oh, we have a purpose and a mission. We'd like to put those things together and we would like to create something dynamic. And I just think, you know, you said, well, Paul, we've never done it that way. Okay, well, give it a shot because maybe whatever you're doing now is not working. Try something new. Pray, right? That's, a, you know, of all of these things, pray and say, Lord, what can we do? These are ideas. I just have ideas. God has a specific plan and th- so forth for you guys to be able to do it at your place, your church, whatever that looked like. But college ministry is still youth ministry, uh, no matter what you say, even though they're in college, unless they're a senior. But, but as long as for those first two years, 18, 19 years old, and they're teenagers, it's still youth ministry. I don't even care if they're 21 and 22, it's still youth ministry. And to try to make them grow up too fast or to just yank them out or to, I just think that's, I think we have better ideas. I just think we have better ways of doing things. I, I just don't believe in traditional methods anymore of how we do things <clears throat> because we're losing. And our, our, a lot of our traditional methods aren't going to work anymore. And I just think there's a better way to do it. And that was it. My thoughts, ideas, some strategies, some, some things that we can put on the table when we're addressing and talking about our young adult ministry. Uh, lots of ideas in there. I would love your feedback on those things. And if you're not a subscriber, by the way, to this podcast, I would love for you to be a subscriber if you're a brand spanking new and you say this is something, this is information I really, really like on a regular basis. Uh, you can go hit the subscribe button. That would be great. Uh, also, if you're a regular, I would love your feedback. I would love uh, if you would stop by the iTunes store. There'll be a link in the description there. And um, and leave a little review, some stars, so this uh, podcast will be found in, uh, in search and other places, and it'll pop up uh, in various places when people are looking for uh, good youth ministry podcasts, and that's what I strive to do: have a good youth ministry podcast that equips you guys, that motivates motivates you guys to to keep in it, to keep at it, 
so that you can see the impact that you want to see and uh, and also to keep your youth ministry moving forward. So, but that's it for today, guys. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me for a little while uh, and uh, I will catch you guys in the next podcast. We'll talk to you later.